let's talk about running less, right? When we're talking about running less, we're not necessarily talking about running less, if that makes any sense at all. Episode 899 of Diz Runs Radio is a quick tip episode. Today's quick tip, overcoming overtraining syndrome. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, no no proper sponsor today um, and no proper sp- shout outs for, for anything in particular, but just want to say thank you to uh, everybody who has supported the show via Patreon this year. Uh, as, we're, as we're getting close to, to wrapping up 2020 uh, and, and uh, you know kicking off 2021 here in, in just a couple of weeks, um, I just want to thank everybody who's supported the show financially via Patreon this year. Uh, some folks that are that are new to the Patreon train, some folks that have gotten off and, and uh, you know deboarded, de- I guess, deboarded the train at some point, you know, whether it's the past couple of months or earlier this year or whatever the case has been. Um, some folks that have been on it all through the year, but in any event, obviously this year has been a year for for everybody. You know, from from you know, no matter no matter where you stand, no matter what what your situation is. And somehow, in some way, this this year has been uh, different than I think we all expected that it was going to be. Uh, you know, if we if we rewound the clock 12, 12 months from now, uh, I don't think that this year has shaken out quite the way that anybody has has expected. And um, you know, the the fact that that anybody, uh, let alone uh, the the many folks that have you know shelled over a couple bucks, five bucks, ten bucks a month uh, for for one, two, five, twelve months of the year, uh, means a lot. Means a lot because obviously you get the show for free no matter what. And yet, you know, you're willing to, to kick in a, a few bucks to, to buy the old proverbial cups of coffee uh, each month is very much appreciated. So to everyone who is who has kicked in a few bucks via Patreon at, at various points throughout this year, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and if and if you, you know, have had to pull, pull back on your, you know, your pledges for one reason or another, no worries. I get it and I appreciate it. And hopefully you're still listening to the show. Hopefully you're, you're, you're not pulling back because of something I said and you're, you're just done with the show completely. Hopefully you're still listening, engaging, uh, dropping me notes every once in a while. Um, and, and I just appreciate you for, for helping me get to this point. And uh, looking forward to a new year and new opportunities and uh, continued growth on, on all fronts, hopefully for myself, hopefully for you as well. So if you, if you want to get on board Patreon train uh, and support the show, patreon.com slash Dizruns is the link. Uh, and thank you once again to everybody who is who has contributed in the past and uh, those that are still contributing and uh, those that maybe uh, will be sending some coffee my way in the future. Appreciate each and every one of you. And if, and if, you, if you can't, no worries. Thanks for listening. That's important too and certainly kind of helps, helps this ship to keep going is just uh, you know seeing a few more people listening every month and uh, you know, month after month, that that continues to grow and continues to lead to more opportunities for me, which hopefully continues to lead to more opportunities for you as well. So, anyway, now that we got all that that love fest out of the way, not that not that it got out of the way. Appreciate y'all, love y'all. Let's uh, dive into the topic at hand today, shall we? And talking, kind of continuing where we where we left off last last week, talking about overtraining syndrome, and and today focusing a bit more on how to work through it, how to overcome it, how to come out the other side of of feeling like you're run down, feeling like you're overtrained, maybe burned out would be part of that equation as well. How do we get back to, to feeling good and really enjoying our running? And if you missed last week's episode, uh, again, it's disruns.com slash 897 because it was just two episodes ago uh, about the signs and symptoms of overtraining syndrome. If that's something you think you might be dealing with or maybe you got a friend, check that out. And, and if, you're, if you're going through it going, oh yeah, yeah, yep, this sounds like me. Well, hopefully today we can help you kind of work through it a little bit, like I said, come out, come out the other side. So, you know, when, when it comes to overcoming overtraining syndrome, I think that 
that the most obvious, or maybe not the most obvious, but the first inclination is to think that, all right, well, you know, overtraining probably sounds like I'm training too much, which we kind of talked about how that's not necessarily the case last week, but, uh, you know, it's, it could very well be part of it. Um, so the best thing I can do to overcome overtraining syndrome is to run less, right? To, to train less. And like, in theory, that's, that's maybe part of it. And for some folks, that actually is definitely part of it. You know, cutting back on the training a little bit can kind of really help you to, to work through it. Um, but thankfully for us runners who kind of like running, some of us maybe need running. Um, that's not the only option to work through uh, overtraining syndrome. We can't. Yes, you can continue to run while also working through overtraining syndrome. All right. Now it may not, it may not be running exactly like you have been, and we'll get to that in just a second. Um, but you can continue to run and, and ultimately, you know, when, when, when we're talking about, um, overtraining syndrome, again, as a, as a refresher from last week, what we're talking about is, is an imbalance between the amount of training that you're doing and the amount of recovery that you're able to get. So, you know, and it's not like it has to be a one-to-one relationship, although maybe, I don't know, I don't know exactly what the ratio is. I'm not even going to pretend to make up numbers, whether it's one-to-one or one-to-two or two-to-one or like, I don't know. But what, what we need to know is that there needs to be some balance in that. You know, if, if we're recovering enough based on the amount of, of running that we're doing, we should be okay. If we're not recovering enough or not recovering as well as we could be, or we're doing more training than what our recovery is, is allowing that's when over time, this overtraining syndrome can, can really start to, to happen. Okay. So when it comes to overcoming overtraining syndrome, when it comes to working through it, restoring that balance, you kind of have two options, right? You can cut down on the amount of running that you're doing, which none of us really want to do, but that's an option, right? Or you can try to increase your body's ability to recover. Because either of those is going to help to balance the equation, right? Maybe you could do both. We'll get to that uh, as, as we get closer to the end today. But on the surface, you know, those, those, are, those are the two kind of variables that are at play. And the good news is, is that within each of those umbrellas, you know, within the run less, within the recover better or recover more, there are lots of options in there that kind of will lead to that, you know, as, as a means to the end, right? Because ultimately let's talk about running less, right? When we're talking about running less, we're not necessarily talking about running less. If that makes any sense at all, because ultimately what, what the running is doing is, is causing us to accumulate a certain amount of training stress. And, and we've talked before in the past about how to your body stress is stress right? There's good stress. There's bad, like, obviously exercise is good stress, right? But it's still stress. And the way your body responds to, to stress is the same, whether it's, you know, because you went for a good, a good run and had a good you know, workout or, or whatever, just like it would if, you know, there was some type of accident or some type of trauma or some type of, of situation that, that, you know, caused a less productive or a less good type of stress you, to your body. Stress is stress. And depending on what we're doing training wise, there's, there's that accumulation of training stress that goes on that is really kind of the, the, the work part of the ratio between the work and recovery. So you get too much training stress, 
coupled with maybe a bunch of stress in other life, other areas of your life, other aspects of your life that kind of weighs this training stress thing or just the stress side of, of life can get a little bit heavy, a little bit tough to, to, to handle. So if we're focusing just on the, on the workout side of things on quote unquote running less, which is just, you know, again, kind of code or shorthand for workout stress or, or training stress, you can minimize that while still running. Okay. And I know some of you are about to roll your eyes cause you know what I'm about to say, but that could be something as simple as just running at an easier level of effort. You know, if, if you've been holding out, if you've been pushing back, if you've been like this clown, this guy that I, I, you know, he's all right, but he keeps talking about all this heart rate training nonsense and this idea that you can run slow and then, and then that's going to help you get faster. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous, right? If that's, if that's your position, Hey, you know, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep chomping at the bit about how slowing down, running easy, building your aerobic base, how it, it's going to help you get faster because it will. All right. It's going to help you run faster on race day, no matter what race distance you're training for. But for today's, you know, that's, that's not the point for today. For today, the, 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 the same benefits of slowing down is that it puts your body under a lower amount of workout stress, training stress, right? When you're running at an easy level, the amount of, of recovery that you need is less because it's less stressful. It's less taxing. I'm not saying that it's, that it's doesn't do anything because it does. There's tons of benefits of running easy, but as a, as, as a, an additional byproduct or an additional benefit of all of those benefits, an additional benefit of all of those benefits. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever (laughs) you also generate less stress on your body. So maybe and I'm not saying this is the, the case for everybody. And you can certainly have overtraining issues and be you know dealing with overtraining syndrome, even if you're a hundred percent heart rate based training, always running easy all the time. All right. So that it's not I'm not trying to make a bold statement that running easy is the cure all to all of your overtraining issues. It's not. Potentially it's not. Okay. But what I'm saying is, is if you're if you're doing, you know, maybe closer to 50-50 than an 80-20 type of thing. Or maybe you don't even worry about heart rate. You just go out and run, which there's a time and a place to do that. But if you kind of feel like you're dealing with some overtraining, maybe backing off that intensity a little bit, slowing down a little bit, maybe mixing in some walk breaks here and there, even if you don't quote unquote need them just to give your body a little break could help, could help reduce the amount of training stress that your body is under on a regular basis. What else could you do from a running less perspective while still being able to run Maybe just as much. Again, we can look at this. It, it, it sounds ridiculous, but you can look at this from different ways. Say, you, say you're running 40 miles per week and, and your makeup of those 40 miles is to do, I don't know, I'm going to make up numbers here, right? But, but um, maybe that, and this, this, hopefully this isn't the case for you, but it could be. I mean, I've been in this situation where you're running a, you know, a, a 40 mile week looks like, you know, four, five mile runs during the week and then a 20 mile long run on the weekend. All right. Now, not that there's anything wrong with that, but what would happen to the amount of training stress that you were feeling if you added a fifth day of running during the week? So you were running, you know, Monday through Friday, you were running five miles each day. Then on Saturday or Sunday, whatever day your long run happens to be, you quote unquote only ran 15 miles. Right? You're going to have a little bit less of an of a accumulation of stress on that long run day. You're going to spread out that training volume, that training stress during the week. 
And you can, you can play that out in a number of ways. You could maybe do, you know, a couple, a, a day or two where you did, you know, instead of, instead of just five miles in the morning, you did four miles in the morning and, and three miles in the evening. It's just kind of a, you know, keep it real easy, but now you've got, you know, seven miles, a, a couple of those days. And now you could maybe still run quote unquote only four days a week, but three of them, you know, whatever, four days during the week. And then, and then that long run. And you could still bring that long run down to, you know, 15 or 16 miles. Like, like there's ways, I guess what I'm trying to say, and, and obviously you got to figure this out for you and your life and your schedule, but there's ways to continue running the same number of miles per week, but lower that amount of, of accumulative workout stress. Run easy, spread the, the mileage out a little bit more even throughout the week. Maybe, at, maybe you even add an extra day of training but and then all of the other days can come down a little bit. So there's less accumulated fatigue. If you're doing regular workouts and, and again, I know something that sometimes you guys don't hear me say enough because I also know if I say it too much, you just, you, you stop, you hear what you want to hear as a heart rate devotee. Is that the right, is that, is that the right word? Devo, devotee. As somebody who believes in heart rate training, there is a time and a place to go hard. There's a time and a place to do good workouts. As in, you know, real hard hill repeats, real hard, you know, mile, mile repeats or quarter mile repeats or one minute repeats, a good hard tempo run once in a while. There's a time and a place for all of those things. But maybe you're doing too many of those things. You're doing too frequently. Maybe you're doing a speed workout and a tempo run each week. Probably too much. All right. Unless, unless you're running a hundred miles a week and, and running is your job, I would make a, a Bold blanket statement with a room for a room for nuance in there, but but in general, that two hard workouts per week is too much for most of us. Potentially, especially if you're kind of feel like you're kind of borderline overtraining, you know, if you're in that ballpark, one hard workout per week could be too much. Maybe you need to back it down to one every two weeks. To, to again to just to still get the stress of, of a hard workout to still see some of those gains the physiological gains the 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 benefits that, that come out of it but giving your body plenty of time to recover between those hard workouts making it easier for your body to balance that work to recovery ratio so there's another way that maybe that would work to to still get you running in to still run just as much but back off on some of the speed workouts a little bit, make it, make it a little bit more fewer and farther between still get them, still get to, to check that box once in a while, still get to, to get that feeling that, that endorphin rush of just going out there and hammering it that quite frankly, I don't get as much because I don't run very hard anymore. You know, I mostly do most of my runs easy, like 95 or 98% probably. And sometimes I do kind of miss just going out there and dropping the hammer but I don't do it for one reason or another. But, but what I'm trying to say is I get that the feeling after an easy six is different than the feeling after a good repeat workout, right? You just, there's something about feeling more accomplished by getting out there and hammering it. But if you're bordering into overtraining area, maybe hammering it a little bit less often, but still getting to scratch that itch once in a while, maybe that's what it takes. Maybe that's what it takes. Outside of running, but still within the, on the, on the, you know, within the, the relationship or within the, the bounds of decreasing your training stress. Maybe that means that you're still doing some strength training because it's important, but maybe you're not hitting it heavy all the time. You know, maybe, maybe you, you, your strength training turns into something a little bit more akin to the, the slow strength training that I've talked about before. It's kind of a Maffetone type of thing, it's, which I don't completely buy into this, by the way. Like I, I kind of deal with, 
do it sort of. But the idea is that instead of doing like a good, hard, you know, 20, 30, 40 minute strength session, you kind of just spread out your strength throughout the day. So maybe after your run and after your morning cup of coffee, you do a, a set of, of squats or you do some push ups, And then, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes later, you go to refill the coffee cup. You do some lunges. You do a plank. You know, you kind of do different strength workouts. Maybe you focus it on, on a certain body part. You know, maybe it's, it's a leg day. It's an upper body day. Maybe you just kind of do a whole body thing. But you kind of spread it out through, so that you're, you're doing strength work for six or eight hours. You do it all throughout the day. Never, never too much, never, never really, you know, doing sets to maximum, you know, maximum reps or anything like that, but you just kind of get a normal, you know, whatever your normal workout would be, maybe your three sets of 10 type of person or, or, you know, four sets of eight or, or whatever, however you would normally do it. You do that spread out throughout the day instead of all at once, a little bit less stress on the body spreads out that stress a little bit, makes it easier for your body to recover. All right. So maybe you do something like that. Maybe you do more body weight less heavy resistance, still getting your heavy resistance once in a while, but not as, not as often, you know, for, for my fellow Pelotoners out there, whether you, whether you do it my way, the DIY style, or whether you're, you're, you got the bougie bike and, you, and you're, you're hitting it that way. Um, you know, instead of trying to hammer the workouts or whatever other type of spin classes that, that, you know, you might be using, cause I know there's other, other options out there, but instead of when you're doing your cross training, instead of just hammering it, trying to climb the leaderboard, you just get on and cruise, keep it pretty simple. Keep it pretty steady. You know, not, not at a, at a level that's really working hard. So you're still getting some of the, most of the benefits of the cross training, but you're not adding a lot of training stress to the, to the mix. All right. Any and all of those things, those adjustments, those tweaks that you can make to your training routine can all help to bring down the amount of training stress that your body's under. And that right there could be enough to help you climb out of the, the overtraining hole that maybe you're finding yourself in. What about the other side? What about the other variable that's at play? Recovering better, right? Our bodies, I've said this before, I'll say it again because I, I believe it 100%. Our bodies are ridiculously amazing, right? The, the, the ways that they can adapt, the ways that they can overcome, the, the processes that happen inside our body, all throughout our body, without us even thinking about it, is just ridiculous, all right. Our bodies are able to recover pretty incredibly, even when we're not trying to, to tilt the odds in the favor, right? Even when we're not doing the things that really help to speed up the recovery process, our bodies still do a great job. But what happens if we, if we kind of try to make things easier for our body? What happens if we kind of try to do some things that might Im- not hamper our body's ability to recover from workouts, would that help us to recover better? Would that help us to, you know, balance that relationship? Absolutely. So what can we do? What are some things that would help our bodies to recover better? And again, there's, there's plenty of options. There's different things that are, that are available and there's a bunch of, of layers underneath them. So you don't have to do all of these things. Although I think that doing all of them would probably be like amazing. You might, you might feel like a completely new person if your 2021 goal is to just maximize your recovery and work on kind of all of the things that I'm about to outline. It's asking a lot, but boy, you know, talk about, you know, aim for, aim for the best and come up with, you know, 75, 80% of it by, by this time next year, you're going to be, you're going to be in a good place. I think I can make that statement in the, in, you know, make, make that statement and not have to, 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 
worry about hedging it. Like it's going to be a game changer. So what are some ways that you can focus on recovering better? What are some things that you can do, some actions that you can take that is going to help your body to balance that work to recovery balance, keep you out of overtraining syndrome and actually feeling good and not for nothing, probably making more progress towards your running goals. Sleep is a big one. We've talked about sleep before. We'll talk about sleep again. It's huge. You can get more sleep. You can get better sleep. On a perfect world, you can do both. You can improve both sleep quality and sleep quantity. How? Again, go back in the archives. We'll, we'll link something up in the show notes. But just doing things like you know taking a, a hot bath or a hot shower before bed, uh, turning the screens off before bed, putting your phone away for an hour before bed and just reading a book, getting some blue blockers, uh, limiting when you're drinking your caffeine, stop drinking, stop drinking, uh, your coffee in the evenings, like cut it off at lunchtime or whatever, you know, so, so that the, the caffeine has a chance to work itself out of your system. So you're getting, you're getting, even if you think you fall asleep quickly, that caffeine is influencing your, your body, you know, internally, so you get that out of your system earlier, it enables you to be into a better sleep mode, deeper sleep modes, things like that, that helps with recovery. Um, you know, cutting down when you're drinking alcohol, all those types of things can, can and do impact sleep quality, sleep quantity. So you can make some of those, those types of changes to improve your sleep game, you know, blackout curtains, shutting off the TV, changing the temperatures of, of the bedroom. Again, dozens of things you can do to improve your sleep quality, all of which are going to help you recover better. You can also make sure to maintain your, your, you know, proper levels of hydration. Our bodies, again, talked about this, none of these things are things that we haven't talked about before, but they're all vitally important to, to speed up the recovery process. Like our bodies work better when they're well hydrated, period. All right. And, and so making sure you're drinking enough water, making sure your, your, your body is is able to do the things it does to flush the system, to, to allow the kidneys to do their job at an optimal level because there's the, 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 you know, the blood flow is, is diluted enough when it comes through because you're well hydrated that it's able to, to easily remove the toxins and the things that come out of the system that come out through the, through the urinary tract, right? Like, like it's so important and so easy to, to sleep on. So easy to think that, ah, oh, you know, I didn't run today, so I don't need to drink as much water or, ah, oh, it's the winter time. So I'm not losing as much through, through sweat potentially true, true statements, but at least for me, and may, maybe you're better than me on here. You obviously, or honestly, a lot of you are probably better than me on, on a lot of these fronts, but you know, I, I absolutely slack off on my water intake in the winter months on days when I don't run. Um, you know, and, and who knows how many other reasons that I slack off on water intake. I try to do a pretty good job, but I, I, I don't always, I'm not always there. Right. If you can maintain adequate levels of hydration, make sure you're drinking enough water every day. What's enough? I, it doesn't, there's not a set number, you know, do the, use, use the urine test, right? Like if, if it's coming out mostly clear, very, very, you know, dull yellow, you're good. If we're getting into darker yellows and into the orange territory, when, when you go to the bathroom, uh, you're pretty good sign. You're dehydrated. Okay. So keep drinking more water. Keep drinking enough water. That's going to help eat good food. Another thing that, that is a no brainer yet something that we all struggle with. And, and I'm not here to say, you know, low carb, high carb, you know, this food, that food, whatever, you know, vegan, non-vegan, paleo, like, like whatever food quality matters. Okay. If, if you're, if you're, you can have junk food, junk, vegan food, you can have junk, vegetarian food. You can have junk paleo food. The key component there is that it's junk food, right? You can have high quality vegan food, high quality, healthy, fresh, local vegetarian food. You can have high quality, fresh, local, paleo type of food, keto type of food. 
the key po- key component there, high quality. Air on the side of high quality, fresh when possible, you know, things like that. Again, I'm not here to be the food police. I'm not here to tell you you can't have, you know, you can't indulge once in a while, especially around the holidays, especially on birthdays, special occasions, things like that. You do you. All right? But the key, of course, of any indulgence is that it's it's a once in a while thing. If you're indulging every day, you're not indulging. That's just what you eat every day. So, you know, focusing on giving your body good quality nutrient-dense foods instead of empty calories, not a bad idea to help your body do what it needs to do, all right? Which again, speeds up the recovery process. We can improve our stress management, which again, you know, kind of talking about earlier, stress is stress is stress. So right now, I mean, I think it's safe to say 2020, like I said at the beginning, it's been a year, right? It's been, it's been a bit stressful, whether it's, you know, uncertainties with politically, uncertainties economically, having kids home from, from you know, school and, and doing homeschooling while also trying to work from home. I mean, it, it hasn't been easy for any of us. Some of us worse than others, but it's, it's been stressful, right? If, if your way to, to manage with the, the stress is to, you know, to crack a new bottle of wine every day, like I'm not here to tell you you can't or shouldn't, but I'll say that there's probably better ways to manage that stress, right? And, and it, maybe it's just little things. Maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe it's, it's setting for, for 10 minutes before you start making dinner and just, oh, just breathing. Maybe it's watching a, a, you know, some stupid show on, on Netflix or whatever. Just stupid comedy that makes you laugh and helps you relax, which is kind of one of my go-tos, okay? We all have ways that we can kind of unwind a little bit. We all have ways that can help us to just de-stress a little bit. And that can be huge for recovery because remember, you're, you know, the, the two kind of parts of your nervous system, your sympathetic, sympathetic nervous system, your parasympathetic, your sympathetic, easy for me to say, your sympathetic is kind of that fight or flight. That's the stress response. Your, your parasympathetic is your rest and digest response. Kind of when things are more relaxed, that's where the recovery happens. So if, if you're constantly in kind of a, of a heightened state because of not getting enough sleep, because of doing too many hard workouts or, or not taking a rest day here and there because of eating junky foods or drinking too much alcohol or just not being able to kind of have a, a positive way to kind of calm down a little bit, your recovery, your, your body's natural ability to recover is going to be inhibited. If we can figure out better ways to manage stress, to drink more water, to huh, just breathe a little bit, maybe it's to do some yoga. Maybe it's to, to do some meditation. Maybe it's to do some journaling. Whatever it is, reading a book, doing a crossword puzzle, playing the bloody guitar, learning a new language. I don't care. Whatever helps you to just kind of relax, helps you ground a little bit. Working, Speaking of grounded, working in the garden, shoveling snow. Although I don't know how many people re- re- really relax due to shoveling snow, but hey, I'm not here to tell you you can't do it. Anything that helps you to just kind of breathe a little bit, move out of that sympathetic nervous system, move out of fight or flight, Move into parasympathetic. Move into rest and digest. That's going to help you recover better. And again, that's going to help you to balance that that work and recovery ratio, which is ultimately going to help you move out of overtraining syndrome and just back into making progress and feeling good and enjoying your runs again. Which, again, in in a year like 2020, hopefully not in a year like 2021. Hopefully 2021 is a little bit better. But the beginning part is probably going to look a lot like the end part of 2020. That's good. That's a good thing. Enjoying your running, seeing benefits, feeling good when you get some miles in. That's what we all want, right? Whatever else makes us different. That's what that as runners that we can all agree on that. 
And if you're dealing with overtraining, like that's tough. That's tough. So if you feel like you're in the overtraining world, or if you just want to make sure that you don't get there, my opinion for whatever it's worth, and this is a free show. So I guess it's not worth much. <laughs> Although for you, those of you on Patreon, I guess, I guess in theory, it's not free for you, but whatever. That's, that's a, that's a split in hair situation. We can discuss that another day from where I sit. A little bit of both is best. So being smart about not overwhelming your system with training stress, making sure to run easy, making sure that, that, you know, that, that you're getting enough rest and re- as much, uh, enough kind of low intensity work, walking, some of those active recovery types of things, not doing too many hard workouts, all that kind of stuff. That's a good idea. It's a good idea. Also doing your best to optimize your recovery. I think that's also a good idea because if you try to tackle overtraining syndrome with one or the other, like, man, that's a lot you got to do. You're putting all your eggs in one basket and you probably have to make some pretty dramatic changes. You know, quite frankly, if, if you're deep in the, in the throes of over, over, of overtraining, I promise all I've been drinking is coffee this morning and there's nothing, there's nothing else going on here. I promise if you're deep into the, 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 ca- you know, the cave, the cavern of overtraining and you're like, I'm just going to tackle this from a training perspective. You're going to probably have to cut back a lot. You're probably not going to be able to maintain your same mileage, but just cut back on the intensity a little bit. You're probably going to have to cut back intensity, cut back miles, cut back days running, all of the things to really make progress in the other direction. On the flip side, if you're like, no, I'm not changing my running at all. I'm just going to focus on recovery. Like you're going to have to hit it out of the park on every front, sleeping, nutrition, hydration, stress management, all of the things. And even then, you know, you're going to be taking what two steps forward at best for every one step back because you're continuing to hammer it on the training front. But if you can balance it out, do a little bit of both. Take one step on the on the training stress to reduce that just a little bit. Take one step to help boost your recovery abilities. Now we're now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. And since we're already you know closing in on thirty minutes, what, what, what's another minute or two at this point, right? I I can't say this for certain. But I think that the reason that I haven't been dealing with any type of overtraining issues in the last couple of years is because I've done a little bit of both. If you go back in the archives, if I'm going to be honest, before I really got deep into this math heart rate training type of thing, overtraining syndrome was a regular thing for me. I would get burned out. I would get just kind of fatigued and frustrated and sick of running almost every year. Certainly every like 16 months or so, I would have a, a bout where it was just like, screw it, I'm done. Like not done with running forever, but I'm done with running for the next two weeks, taking two weeks off. And usually that was enough. Why? Because I, I cut way back on my training stress and then was able to recover enough that like my brain, brain was clear. I felt good, ready to get back at it. But that was before I was doing any type of heart rate training, really. I certainly wasn't being meticulous about running easy, building my aerobic base, keeping things easy, getting more yoga time, all of those types of things. All right. Once, once I made that switch, you know, this year as, as the year is, is wrapping up or we'll be wrapping up in a couple of weeks, there's a pretty good chance that I'm going to have five to 600 miles more this year than I've ever had in any year before. That's an increase in training stress, even if it's been easy as far as easy miles. But the key here is that it's a manageable amount of stress because it's been easy miles. I feel good. I feel healthy. I still look forward to running every day. Not every day. Cause I'm not one of you, not one of you crazy streakers, but you know what I mean? Every day that I'm supposed to run, I'm 
you know, very rarely that I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to. It happens once in a while, but when it does, guess what? Just pull back for a day and I'm good to go. Like it's, it's crazy how much I think that by figuring out how to manage the, the work and recovery ratios a bit better this year, I've been able to avoid overtraining syndrome. And, and again, honestly, really feel like the last two years, I've been able to avoid overtraining syndrome in a way I've never have before. Will it continue to happen in 21? Here's hoping. I don't know. Can't say for sure, but it's working for me. And if overtraining is something that you think you might struggle with, kind of that fatigue, that burnout, that, that lack of progress, I would argue, to, I, I would encourage you, I'm not going to argue you. I'm going to encourage you to try to do a little bit of both. Cut back that workout stress a little bit, increase that recovery rate a little bit and see if maybe 2021 doesn't turn into a really awesome running year for you. And hopefully an awesome year all the rest of the, all the rest of the way around as well. So here we go. I guess I can't even make a joke about this being a quick tip today. We're well past 30 minutes. Um, but I think it's important. Hope it was useful. Hope you learned something. Uh, if you did and it, or if you learned something, let me know. Or if you've kind of have a different way of working through overtraining syndrome, I'd love to hear that too. Either way, all thoughts, feedbacks, takeaways, of course, you can, you know where to find me at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. You can also send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com. And you can also, also, also head over to the show notes today and leave some, leave some thoughts there. Check out the memes, check out the gifs. We've got a couple links there as well. Dizruns.com slash 899. Dizruns.com slash 899 is the link for the show notes today. Uh, everything you need there, plus the comment bar down at the bottom. Uh, just check it out. Leave your thoughts and feedbacks and takeaways and, you know, how kind of how you've, how you've managed overtraining in the past. Um, or what am I missing? What, what can I encourage others to do as well? Always love to hear that type of stuff. And, uh, with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, wrap this one up. Y'all thank you for, for listening. Thanks for making it through another 30 plus minute, quick, not, not so quick tip episode. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your attention. Patrons appreciate your support. Uh, if you want to jump on board, patreon.com slash disruns. Um, but if not, no worries. But thank you, everybody who's supported the show this year in one way or another, especially those who have supported the show financially. And uh, looking forward to another, you know, kind of closing off this year, hopefully on a high note, uh, and then continuing to keep on keeping on, grinding it out through 2021, and hopefully with some more races as well. But we'll we'll cross all those bridges once we uh, once once the ball drops and uh, old Lang sign is sung and, and, you know, the new year starts. Um, but until then, y'all, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? See you. <laughs>